Today is the closing episode of the month-long podcast day celebration and the favorite topic is the clinical trials and its different phases. Welcome all to this Pharmacology Difficult podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Radhika Vijay, MBBS MD, Pharmacology, and this is the audio hub to get the best simplified basic tips, strategies, methods, and lots of ideas to learn better, understand better, and make your concept crystal clear. If you really find and if there is a question hovering in your minds, is pharmacology difficult? Lend me your ears for a while and let in the magic of knowledge. So without any more ado, let's directly get to the phase 1. In the phase 1, the drug is tested and evaluated amongst a minimal group of people, say around 2200 subjects and mind it, these are healthy volunteers. But what if a drug is in one of the chosen therapies of AIDS? or say cancer or say other toxic and serious diseases that actually the healthy volunteers they are replaced by the diseased or the suffering volunteers what all can you infer from phase one drug trials they provide a good knowledge and help to decisively know about the approximate safe clinical dose range of the drug Variety of techniques can be adopted to pursue such trials. The studies and all the manure done in the phase one, it can be kept open or non-blinded. Or it can be kept blinded as well as monitored with the use of a placebo. Do you know that it's a wonderful phase to know in fact and observe some really fatal and serious poisonous cases? or some of the toxicity states that may occur due to the drug use. It's the perfect and the apt phase to pursue proper absorption, distribution, metabolism and excretion that is capital ADMA ADMA study and have great insights about the pharmacokinetic profile of the drug. The venue of such studies are special research centers while skilled and expert clinical pharmacologists they perform such trials. That's the whole note and description about the phase one of the clinical trials that I have to tell you. Jumping over to phase two. This is the study of determining the efficacy of the drug. In this particular phase, the endpoint is too determined and this endpoint it is known as the definitive endpoint. What is definitive endpoint? Where we can directly measure the effect of the drug. Well, it's not always a definitive endpoint. There can be a surrogate endpoint. And this surrogate endpoint is the one which actually predicts the definitive endpoint. That is a former. That's some technical terms that you need to cram up actually and know a few things about these. We can also determine the follow-up doses of the drug via phase 2 trials. The sample size of the patients is little broadened up to 100-200 subjects range. The trials they are conducted using the standard medicinal drug compound and also inert placebo along with the test drug. Venue of these trials is usually big university medical centers. 
As the trial number goes up by one, so does the capacity of the detection of serious toxic states also enhances. Phase 2 studies can actually be divided into two parts, early and late. So in the early phase 2, it comprises a small number of people that is less than 200 and it's generally a single blinded study. The later phase, it is comprising of subjects more than 200, less than 500 and that's a controlled double blind study. You will actually be flabbergasted by this scoop that among so many medicinal drugs candidates, only about a quarter they qualify to enter the next upcoming phase. Rest all, they undergo the failure of the therapy. That's a good to know detailed description about the phase 2 of the clinical trials. Let's move on to the phase 3. As the phase scales, so does the sample size. That is, it may be in thousands. But these subjects actually possess the target pathology. Yes, they are the diseased subjects. They are the one to be treated. The phase 3 studies, they may be multicentric. In the phase 3 clinical trials, the errors they too keep on minimizing with the apt use and the proper use of placebo. Techniques implemented, they are double blinding, crossover designs. When you guess the venue, it is kept locale. Locale means where the drug would be used. Now all these things, all such kind of setups and such kind of techniques, they increase the cost of the studies and the studies also turn out to be arduous. Data collection and analysis is a big challenge. It's usually conducted by clinical specialists. Once this great test of phase 3 is passed, the drug is eligible to be applied as a new drug application, commonly abbreviated as capital NDA. Or sometimes it is also known as biological license application, abbreviated as capital BLA. This NDA or BLA it is submitted to the drug regulatory bodies like FDA or DCGI and you know this process it ranges from months to years for the approval of NDA. Now this is a general overview and the details about the phases 1 to 3. The phases 2 and 3 they help to prove the various drawbacks of the drug tested when it is compared against the standard treatment or the placebo. And there's nothing to guess, but that is but natural that results interpretation is also a big challenge. But to ease out such big challenges, we have modern statistical tools and a lot of techniques and the brains of the clinical experts and specialists. Now, there are few exceptions observed that sometimes actually we have to violate these general paces and phases and rules and regulations that are actually described. So what can be the exceptions? What can be the special cases? Let's get to know. First, the pace of all the phases may be enhanced only in the case of urgent drug development like cancerous drugs. Secondly, early drug marketing even before phase three that is allowed for complicated pathologies like some of the life-threatening cases. Now, when such things happen, that marketing is done even before phase 3, that is known as fast track or prioritized approval by FDA. These are the terms, you know, fast track, it can be a fast track. 
case, it can be a prioritized approval. So these are the strategies that are followed by FDA. There's one more term coming up. Breakthrough marketing is a new trend by FDA. That is the marketing just after the phase one. Well, that is something very surprising, but yes, that has been recently introduced. And all such activities and marketing techniques, they are highly monitored and regulated because they are out of the way. They are exceptional things. And when anything is exceptional and out of the track, it has to be kept an eye upon. So these are some of the violations, some of the exceptions of the phases. Let's talk about phase four. After approval, we have the phase four. That is the post-licensing phase. And we can call it a new drug status period also. The drug is actually in the place where it is consumed now. Hence, complete estimation of the safety of new drug amongst a large number of population that is possible. Now the drug is marketed and a keen eye of the physicians is always 24 by 7 on the drug to study its rare untold effects its rare untold adverse effects, its long-term effects, chronic effects, and long-term adverse effects, and some of the possible or rare toxicity states, etc. And since this is a study of chronic symptoms, signs, effects, adverse effects, this phase has no planned time duration. All the new information of the drug is deeply collected, analyzed and observed, which may be concerned to the safety of its use in the long term. Accordingly, the period safety update reports, which are famously abbreviated as capital PSURs, they are prepared and they are submitted every semi-annually for definitely the first two years. And after that, they are submitted annually for the next following two years to the drug regulatory and monitoring bodies. Any guesses till when does the new drug status last? I told you it's indefinite period when only some long and strong enough evidences and information is collected which can convince the drug control regulatory bodies to actually allow and approve its free marketing. With this statement, the clock arms, they are striking loud a wrap now. Yes, I have finally covered this novel drug development in these episodes that I wanted to actually celebrate as a month-long celebration of International Podcast Day. And I'm so glad that what I've targeted is finally completed. And what I have to share with you all is Trois-se-so-so-se-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-so-
talk to you all very soon till we shift back on the track of autonomic nervous system discussions all about adrenergic and anti-adrenergic drugs. I'm sure you now crave for it more. That's the fun and joy of changing and switching the chores and the course. For all the updates and latest episodes of my podcast, do visit www.ispharmacologedifficult.com where you can also sign up for a free monthly e-newsletter of mine. It actually contains a lot of updates about medical sciences, drug information updates, and my podcast updates also. You can follow me on different social media handles like Twitter, Insta, Facebook, and LinkedIn. They all are with the same name as Pharmacology Difficult. If you're listening for the first time, do subscribe and follow whatever platform you are consuming this episode. Stay tuned. Do rate and review on iTunes, Apple Podcast. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay enlightened. Thank you.